What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another installment of The Past Less Traveled. I'm your host, Dan Romagno, and today we will be discussing a man who has been shrouded by mystery for over 300 years. This man was an unidentified prisoner who was arrested in 1669 or 1670 and subsequently held in a number of French prisons, including the famed fortress Bastille. He died on the 19th of November, 1703, under the name of Marchioli, during the reign of King Louis XIV of France. No one is known to have seen his face because it was hidden by a mask of iron, and the true identity of the prisoner remains a mystery. This is a story of secrecy, conspiracy, and the longest reigning European monarch. This is the story of the man in the iron mask. Today's episode was inspired by a new show I've been watching called Versailles. If you're a fan of historical dramas, you have to check out the show. It's filled with blood, conspiracy, and romance, and does a fairly good job of representing the Sun King, Louis the Great. Versailles is a rewarding watch for the historian, because it's fun to spot the real events and enjoy their dramatizations. In general, the producers largely avoided placing real historical people in false situations, and instead skillfully constructed a fictional conspiracy narrative within the wider historical framework. The result is a pretty fair portrayal of King Louis XIV and his court, within which a much darker secret is played out for our entertainment. Definitely check it out, and if you've already seen it, let me know what you think in the comments. Now, let's dive into our topic and try to conclude the age-old question, who is the man in the Iron Mask? Usually when covering a person in history, I would start off by giving you a little background of the person in question. That way you could be more intimate with the subject and be able to put yourself in their shoes. Unfortunately, most personal information about the man in the Iron Mask is a mystery. What I can tell you is that the earliest surviving records of the masked prisoner are from late July of 1669, when Louis XIV's minister, Marquis de Louvois, sent a letter to Benin Saint-Mars, governor of the prison in Pignerol. In his letter, Louvois informed Saint-Mars that a prisoner named Ustache Duger was due to arrive within the following months. Louis the Great instructed Saint-Mars to prepare a cell with multiple doors, one closing upon the other, in order to prevent anyone from the outside listening in. Saint-Mars was to see Duger only once a day, to provide food and whatever else he needed. Duger was to be told that if he spoke of anything other than his immediate needs, he would be executed. Historians and graphologists, those who study handwriting, have noted that the name Ustish Duger was written in a handwriting different from that used in the rest of the letter's text, suggesting that a clerk wrote the letter under Louvois' dictation, while someone else, possibly Louvois, added the name afterwards to conceal the prisoner's true identity. In St. Mars letters to Louvois, he described Duger as a quiet man, giving no trouble, and, quote, disposed to the will of God and to the king, end quote. Compared to his other prisoners, who were always complaining, constantly trying to escape, or simply disgruntled. In 1711, King Louis's sister-in-law, Elizabeth Charlotte, Princess of Palatine, sent a letter to her aunt Sophia, Electress of Hanover, stating that the prisoner 
had two musketeers at his side at all times to kill him if he removed his mask. She described him as very devout and stated that he was well treated and received everything he desired. However, the prisoner had already been dead for eight years by that point, and the princess had not necessarily seen him for herself. Rather, she was quite likely reporting rumors she had heard in court. The interesting part does not lie in who the man in the Iron Mask is, but who people believe him to be. Before we explore the popular conspiracy theories of exactly who this man could be, I'd like to take a quick break to hear from my friends Rachel and Leah over at Hashtag History. Welcome to Hashtag History. I'm Rachel. And I'm Leah. And if you are a history nerd, or even if you are a history hater, this is the podcast for you. Even if history was your least favorite subject in school, we can guarantee you will like this podcast because we talk about all the things that your history textbooks did not. That's things like how Ted Kennedy drove his car off a bridge and was able to escape the car but left a woman inside to die and didn't report it until a day later. Or how the Pharaoh Akhenaten was so disliked by Egyptians that they literally purged his name from nearly all of their records and pretended like he never existed. Or how the FBI had a file on Frank Sinatra that was 2,000 pages long. Or even how on opening day at Disneyland, it was so hot and the pavement had been so recently poured that women's heels sunk into it. And we do all of this while drinking a custom-made cocktail specific to that week's episode. So grab a drink, take a seat, and hang out with us each week as we learn all about history's greatest stories of controversy, conspiracy, and corruption. Hashtag history can be found on all major podcast platforms, and that's hashtag spelled out, hashtag history we can also be found on instagram at hashtag history underscore podcast please do yourself a favor and check them out if you like the past list traveled and what we do you will surely enjoy the ladies at hashtag history now to dive back into the topic one theory that was stated in a 1965 essay les masques des feux the french novelist marcel pignon brought forth the claim that the man in the Iron Mask was indeed the twin brother of King Louis XIV, but born second, and hence the younger. This would not make the twin the rightful king, but would give him a decent claim to the kingship. Louis XIII and his ministers may have hidden the child in order to avoid any dispute over who shall hold the throne. The historians who reject this theory highlight the conditions of childbirth for the queen at the time in France. It usually took place in the presence of multiple witnesses. The witnesses consisted of main court figures and those of high nobility. But according to Marcel Pagnon, immediately after the birth of the future King Louis XIV, King Louis XIII took his whole court to the Chateau de Saint-Germain to celebrate a te deum in great haste, contrary to the common practice of celebrating it several days after childbirth. Aligned with the theory of King Louis XIV having had a twin, a thorough examination of the French king's genealogy shows many twin births in the Capetian dynasty as well as in the House Valois, Bourbon, and the House of Orléans. Renowned author and historian Alexandre Dumas explored a similar theory where the prisoner was in fact an identical twin of Louis XIV, that being the reasoning behind the prisoner always needing to cover his face. 
According to Marcel Pignol's theory, this twin was then born in 1638 and grew up on the island of Jersey, under the name of James de la Cloque. He would supposedly later conspire against King Louis XIV and be arrested in Calais in 1669. Another popular theory is that of Louis Gendron, a French military historian who came across some coded letters in 1890. Gendron passed the encryption onto Etienne Bazaris in the French Army's cryptography department. After three years, Bazaris managed to read some messages in the great cipher of Louis XIV. One of them referred to a prisoner and identified him as General Vivien de Boulon. One of the letters, written by Louvois, made specific reference to Boulon's crime. At the siege of Cuneo in 1691, Boulon was concerned about enemy troops arriving from Austria and feared decisive defeat as a majority of the troops in his command were injured from a previous battle. Boulon ordered a hasty withdrawal, leaving behind his munitions and all of the wounded men. Louis XIV was furious, and in another of the letters specifically ordered him to, quote, be conducted to the fortress of Pignoral, where he will be locked in a cell and under guard at night, and permitted to walk the battlements during the day with a 330-309, end quote. It has been suggested that the 330 stood for mask, and the 309 stood for a full stop. Some believe that the evidence of the letter means that there is now little need of an alternative explanation for the man in the mask. Other sources, however, claim that Boulogne's arrest was no secret and was actually published in the newspaper at the time, and that he was released just after a few months. His death is also recorded as happening in 1709, six years after that of the man in the Iron Mask. The last theory that we will be discussing on this topic is my personal favorite theory. And that theory is that the man in the Iron Mask was Louis the Great's father. Hugh Ross Williamson is known for arguing that the man in the Iron Mask was the natural father of Louis the Great. The birth of King Louis XIV is known as the miraculous birth, as Louis XIII had been estranged from his wife, Anne of Austria, for 14 years prior. Some believe that Louis XIII was infertile and feared losing the throne with no heir, so he had another man lay with his wife. The theory then suggests that Cardinal Rochelot, the king's minister, had arranged for a substitute. According to Williamson, this substitute was probably the illegitimate son or grandson of Henry IV. At the time, the heir presumptive, the man who would take the throne if there was no heir produced, was Louis XIII's brother Gaston, Duke of Orléans, who was Cardinal Rochelot's enemy. If Gaston became king, Rochelot would have very likely lost both his job as minister and his life, and so it was in his best interest to thwart Gaston's ambitions. Supposedly, the substitute father then left for the Americas, but in 1660 returned to France with the goal of extorting money for keeping his secret, and was promptly imprisoned. This theory would explain the secrecy surrounding the prisoner, whose true identity would have destroyed the legitimacy of Louis XIV's claim to the throne had it been revealed. Although the Iron Mask was meant to condemn the prisoner with lifelong anonymity, it also gave him notoriety that still persists to this day. More than 300 years later, we still want to know the true story of the man in the Iron Mask.
Thank you all for tuning in, and I apologize for all the mispronunciations that probably occurred. No matter how many episodes of Versailles I watch, the French accent just won't catch on. I want to invite all of you to like, follow, and share my podcast, and to follow along with episode announcements and a bunch of fun history content on my Instagram and Twitter accounts. I hope you enjoy this episode, and if you have a topic or idea or want to discuss your favorite episode, please comment or reach out. I'll see you all on the next episode of The Past Less Traveled. And remember, we are all trapped in history. And history is trapped in all of us. Music